0: Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. I'm your host, Paul Arnold, and tonight I'm joined by Ernest Watts in Rockingham, North Carolina, and Chris Daniel in Denver, Colorado. And so Chris was just telling us offline, where all the good stuff really happens, that he just bought a new house. And Ernest and I went, oh, we remember that day. Ernest, your first house was in what city?
1: It's the one I'm living in now. I, I rented, either well, I, I owned a trailer but this is the first house of our own now as a child because my dad in the military, we lived in six or seven different houses, but this is, this will probably be the one I die in at my wow, age. Way
0: to bring so, us down so early in the podcast. Well, I,
1: don't, I,
2: don't, wow. I don't see
1: myself retiring to a condo or my wife will say, cause I got too much junk.
2: That is but true. But I'm,
1: situa- I'm situated three hours from one grandchild and, uh, 1 mile from the other two grandchildren so I don't I don't see now that my father's passed my brothers in 2 hours away and my sister is in Houston under snow so I see no reason to leave this will probably be the one and only house I ever own
0: well that's good because i know your that house used to be two stories and then there was a fire yes. there and the second story just became the huge attic which is totally filled with all your sports memorabilia how many thousands of pieces of magazines uh signatures um bobbleheads are up in the attic
1: now bobbleheads are down here with me all 42 <laughs> you sleep down. with those huh uh, yes I keep <laughs> well see i've gotten a bobblehead for each grandchild they sell bobbleheads where you can put photos in so i have a bobblehead for all three of my grandchildren mm. Yeah, you know I put the little pictures in there but i got a lot of old magazines Oh, a lot of Carolina media no, guys. No, give me a number. Uh, give me a number. How many thousand? Thousands? There's, uh, there's probably a 100 magazines up there. And amazingly, oh. you would think the heat trapped in the attic would, would make them brittle. And, but they're in pretty good shape. I go and check on them, make sure they're okay. <laughs> you visit you when you're feeling down. I visit my Yes, I go up in the attic, up on the roof, me yeah. and James Taylor.
0: <laughs> and my wife and I are on bought our third place where we are now a condo and we just refinanced and it's just crazy what we're paying for interest these days but owning a house is great chris you're going to enjoy it and oh uh, yeah so we're going to talk sports believe it or not it sort of seems anticlimactic after the super bowl i mean now we're relegated to seeing articles on the sports um segments on local news about the lady. Have you seen this guys whose father designed the Super Bowl trophy and she was offended that Tommy Brady threw it. How disrespectful. Do you think that was really disrespectful?
1: Give me a break. It's just a football on a triangle. I mean, it's, it's not like the Stanley cup. It's not like the world series, which has every one of the little pennants on it. Stanley cup has, of course they have to take the bands off but has the name of everybody in the organization that won it. Now, it gets to a certain length they have to take the bands off and take them to the Hockey Hall of Fame. But if, you know, if you're the you're the the stick guy, the guy who curves the sticks for the players, your name's on the Stanley Cup in perpetuity. The the, the Lombardi trophy and at this point maybe we should rename it the Brady trophy because Ooh. Lombardi only won it twice. I mean, I I mean I'm not a Brady fan, but let's be realistically here. It's probably the most bland of the championship trophies. The NCAA basketball one is just a plaque. So that's it's
2: not that yeah, that's, amazing. Not so cool. Yeah.
1: But even the even the
2: even the NBA one, that's not I mean the Larry O'Brien? Yeah, that's I mean, it's just a basketball going in a you know, like, a, yeah, it's that's that not, there's nothing there. Do you but know instead of Lombardi, Chris, Chris. I don't know if we, I don't I don't know if we call it the Lombardi. We could call it the Belichick, because Belichick's got eight Super Bowls. That's true. Yeah.
0: Two yeah. as an assistant right. coach with the Giants. Yeah.
2: And really he gave a couple he's he's almost won more Super Bowls for the Giants than he has with the Patriots.
1: So the World Series, the only one that's not named after somebody. Should we name the World Series trophy after somebody?
0: Well, you might don't
1: say, but, you know, don't say, but uh,
0: I, I got a name. Geez. I got a name. Yogi right, Berra. Yogi Berra won 13 um, World Series, whether as a player or as a coach. So call it the Yogi like Berra. I like
1: that. I was going to go in another direction, but I like that. I was either going to go Hank Aaron or Jackie Robinson.
0: And that's pretty good, too.
1: I like Berra. I like, I like your idea better. Let me get back. Kristen didn't Albert hear my Albert Bell? <laughs> Albert
0: Bell. Yeah, who shouldn't we name Sandy, it after
1: Sandy Alomar? I don't know. These are the air. Go yes. Todd Helton, right? Todd Helton. Oh yeah, he's a good or one. The person who kept Peyton Manning on the bench at Tennessee. Oh right. A lot of people don't realize that that Todd Helton was the starting quarterback when Peyton Manning was a rookie, uh, was a freshman, excuse me, at Tennessee, and Todd Helton had to get injured as quarterback for Tennessee for Peyton Manning to play his first game at UCLA. But i want to go back to my original question to Chris that he didn't hear. Larry O'Brien Trophy. Do you know who Larry O'Brien is? Well, I
2: mean, I think we all do. But, you know, if you want to tell <laughs>
1: the listeners, I, I'll, I'll allow you. Let him, he the, wants you know, to
0: search on Google quick. Quick search.
1: All right, there's only been four commissioners in the NBA. Walter Kennedy, Larry O'Brien, uh, and Larry Stern. O'Brien was second one. David Stern, and uh, and our current commissioner. But Larry O'Brien used to be the commissioner. No, Do you he, know, was uh, Lord... the, he was the
0: bartender at Cheers, wasn't he, in Boston, Larry O'Brien?
1: Oh, that was Woody. Oh, Woody. That's Woody so. Harrelson. Yeah, sorry. Woody Harrelson. Do you know who uh, Lord – I'm sorry, Woody Boyd. It was Woody
2: Boyd, my, Woody my Boyd.
1: mistake. Well, yeah, but they were so unimaginative, they wouldn't want to mess him up. Yeah. <laughs> they want to keep the first name. It's like the the Tenant movie. Uh, in the Tenant movie, Sir Michael Caine. His uh role he plays Sir Michael. You know, just made it real easy for him. I was
2: like, don't don't uh don't spoil it. I haven't seen it yet.
1: Oh, okay. All righty. You don't worry, once you see it, you still won't know what's going on. <laughs> 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 All
2: right, folks. You know who
1: Lord Stanley was.
2: Lord Stanley. Uh yeah, Stanley Cup. you know, I feel like he has some affiliation with the uh now NHL.
1: None um, whatsoever. Uh, well, you know, his wife donated the cup. He was to, to the some. English, he was the Eng, he was an English uh, lord that was responsible for at that time Canada was a dominion of England and his wife donated the cup for a tournament in nineteen seventeen in Canada. And so they're, I, they're think, I think we're like,
2: both right then, yeah.
1: <laughs> right. If you think if you think Brady if you think Brady throwing the Super Bowl trophy there are things that have happened with the Stanley Cup that oh.
2: oh, yes. the
1: hair in your nose.
2: Yeah, let me tell
0: I a think story Patrick about that.
1: Waugh Patrick Waugh did something when uh, when the Avalanche won. But go ahead, yeah. Paul. You well, tell the yours.
0: story is we were all texting each other about Brady throwing the uh, trophy. And I said to one of our co-hosts, Travis, I said, well, that's nothing compared to the Stanley Cup. And I didn't go into details, but Ernest goes into quite a bit of details, including <laughs> G-strings. And my wife happens to walk by, I look over my shoulder, and she goes, G-strings? And I think, oh, uh, it's just Ernest. You know Ernest. He'll just text it. <laughs> so
1: well, thanks, Ernest. Grant Fure. Well, Grant Fure, you thank Grant Fure for that, former goaltender for the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, his habits, and everything. I think well, he uh, the girls. Uh, Mario, for that. Well, yeah, he did that. So he took it to a uh, establishment that, uh, shall we say,
2: I believe has it good into- chicken wings.
1: Oh yes yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And then uh, Mario Lemieux kept it at the bottom of his pool. And uh, you know, when the Spanish flu in 1918 hit Canada, uh, they had to play the Stanley Cup Finals in isolation and the winning team which was the Montreal Wanderers actually laid it down on the edge of a frozen canal and, and forgot about it and they came back the next day oh and wow and it was still sitting on the side of the canal and then there's uh it got lost for 2 or 3 years in the 20s and they found it in a uh in a you know one of these uh, uh Trade shops, and someone had planted flowers at the top of it <laughs> and made it a flower pot. So, you know, if you want to tell about Brady throwing it, at least he connected. It was an accurate pass.
2: Can you imagine if that? How fast that thing would have sunk if it would but have? If, if he would have hit? If he would have? If he would have bounced off of somebody and gone into the bay?
1: Oh, but see, the differentiation is every team gets a Super Bowl. There's no one singular Super Bowl no. trophy. No. There's one Stanley Cup, and and when a team loses, that has to be presented. Every and the neat thing about the Stanley Cup, and and Chris, you may not be aware of this, every player gets one day with it, and they That's do whatever right. they want with it. One guy had had his baby delivered and had pictures of the newborn in the top of the cup and everything. But but every team, like I went to the Packers Hall of Fame in Lambeau Field, and there's four Super Bowls that you see there, four Super Bowl trophies. And it's, it, every team gets a separate trophy. And right. same thing with the World Series.
0: All right, Chris, if you had uh, the trophy for one day, what would you do with it? Oh, uh, gosh.
2: I don't know. Uh, I'm guessing it's going to be summer, right? You I'd probably would take-, take it to the Go ahead, take sorry. it to the top of the mountain. Take, no, I'd probably take it to the... I think you'd take like it to 14-er. your new
0: house and sell people tickets to have their picture with the trophy so you could pay for your new house.
2: <laughs> Fun fact, my brother-in-law and then my nephew and niece have all touched the Stanley Cup.
1: That's uh-huh. not the only people you've known who've done that. Oh. I that's have the only a...
2: people I truly care about. Oh, oh. I, I have a
1: picture of I have a picture of myself pre-COVID days kissing the cup.
2: I've yeah. actually held
1: the cup above my head. Uh, the Hall of Fame brought it when the Hurricanes were playing the Red Wings in 2001.
2: Ugh, what what and, a time for the Red Wings.
1: Yes. Well, that, that was that was probably the greatest team I've ever seen because that was a team with, uh, help me out, Paul. You had Brett Hull. You had, uh, oh my gosh, Shanahan. Geiserman Shanahan. I oh, mean that was a loaded.
0: Team. Yeah, there was a lot of good players. Yeah, let's
1: that get was, that th- was probably the greatest team. Sorry, who was, was, was the goalie? Chris was it Chris? Chris Goodman? Osgood, because
2: Osgood, that's right.
0: So let's get to today's sports for a second here. Um, <laughs> the right. latest news out <laughs> not, of the NBA. History
1: channel for tonight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, they know there's a lot of confusion around here. We have fun with it, folks. Um, the NBA, the biggest news it seems like right now is that uh, A.D., Anthony Davis, is struggling health-wise, and everybody's saying, oh, man, LeBron can't win it without A.D., and Brooklyn's going to win it all. What a hot take, Chris, or do you think that's true? Uh,
2: no, I don't think that's true. I think I think yeah. once, once uh, the Brooklyn Nets show that they can play defense, then I'll be a believer, but... In a seven-game series, I, I just I don't think they're going to be able to stop people. and you know, They'll be able to put up 130, 140 points, but so will the other team. And if they play a little bit of defense, I don't know. I, I, I just think defense still has a place in the playoffs, and if you don't play it, it's not going to go well. Ask James Harden. Ask D'Antonio.
0: Mm. Ernest, what you, what's sick, your take sick on burn.
1: This? I don't think they're going to win the East. I'm on the Sixers' wagon. I, I like what I see. Uh, the Philadelphia Seven Sixers. And by the way, it was Dominic Hassock who was the Red Wings goalie that year. The Dominator. Sorry. Yes, I had to had to get that straight. For I, I like what the Sixers are doing, uh, especially if they pick up somebody. And you know, I think trades. The trade deadline is the twenty fifth. And you've got Blake Griffin out there. You've got Andre Drummond out there. You've got a lot of big stars floating around to be traded. So I I like what the Sixers, Miami hasn't caught fire. I think they're in fatigue from the bubble. Uh, Boston looks like they're missing something. They're just a step too slow. I mean, I just don't trust Brooklyn. I think the threats to the Lakers are out of the, the West. I think you look at Utah's got the best record right now in the NBA. Uh I I'd like the Clippers if they can stay healthy. I, I mean there's so many good teams. You never know if the Mavericks can get it together, if they can't Presola's healthy. I mean I that's the threats are not the East. It's champions no, are gonna come a, out of the West. Yeah. I and mean, and not the man, what the Joker can do. If Denver yeah. can pick up somebody Denver needs a decent Yeah.
2: Denver lost a couple of key players that were off the bench guys that, uh, yeah, they might be expendable, but man, they just, they knew what they were doing. They knew their role. And when you lost those guys, you kind of, you jumbled up the system a little bit. So I think they're just trying to play catch up. So maybe they make it, you know, maybe they make it interesting in the playoffs once everything's starting to gel, but they're just, they're just not quite, um, I think they took a small step back from whether where they're, where they're going to be next year or where they were last year, but may, hopefully it's you know they're clearing cap so they can you know make another acquisition or whatever and take two steps forward. But uh, yeah, Denver, I, I don't know if it's a huge threat, but they're 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 kind of not quite the team that they were last year. So, but I definitely think Utah. Um, you know, you always got to be scared about Portland, um, the Clippers. Um, yeah, and then Dallas, they'll just you know. they they got two players on there that can just take over games so it's the west is still uh the beast of the whole nba the east Mm -hmm. there's i mean there's more teams that are just you know well well below 500 and it's just you know those are just giveaway games for some of the east east so
1: yeah everybody talks about Foregone, that's going to be the Nets and the Lakers, and and the Sixers and the Jazz have the best two records in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. I and mean, you got to like the backfield. You like what Gobert can do defensively because he shuts off everything going to the lane. And there's not many backcourts as, as good as 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 Mitchell and and, and uh, uh, Cooley. I mean that's. Uh, it's a good, basic, solid team, yeah talking about your nuggets but but
2: but I mean Houston, but Houston did the same thing last year. they had a great record, but are they able to, and I think they I think Utah is, but I just you know are these are some of these teams regular season you know champions, or are they go the distance, and I think Lakers they're like, just get us in, and we'll take care of the rest so I think that's when superstars take over is in the playoffs. And unfortunately, I don't think Utah has a superstar. I mean, they have stars. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think they have a superstar that can truly just take a game over. And uh, I think that's what's what going to lacking in a, in a seven-game series for them.
1: But counterpoint, Chris, what was you – you brought up the example of Houston. And that's a good, good example. But what was Houston's problem last year?
2: They had no defense,
1: and what is and Brooklyn's? What is Brooklyn's problem?
2: They have no defense. I completely agree.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't. And and for, they're just so one
2: dimensional. But Houston had one. I mean, one guy touching the ball, and you knew it was going to go at him for what sixty percent of the time. At least now you got three guys. Who if one guy's off, you got two other to kind of take it over. But again, they just don't play defense, and it's just it can't. It just it hasn't worked ever. Right. you got to play some, some defense.
0: Good transition. A game they never played defense in is the All-Star game for the NBA. Should there be an All-Star game this year? The players are not happy about the idea of it. Ernest, should there be an All-Star game?
1: No, this is a joke. I mean, no other sport has at an All-Star game. There's no Pro Bowl. There was no baseball All-Star game. NHL's not doing an All-Star game. COVID's going on. The idea, and usually, I'm, you know, two I got a little reminder on my phone today that two years ago I was at the All-Star festivities in Charlotte. And it's just a mass of people. It truly is. And the idea that they could do this on even a one day and not the peripheral people coming in is ridiculous. I mean, you're going to have a COVID hotspot. And I can understand. And, you know, LeBron's played pretty much – Except for one month straight since March, I can understand him saying, "We need to break. Let's just take a break for a while, and let everybody rest and recuperate." Uh, this is this is ridiculous. This is just—it's one of the few times that the NBA management has has put the business afraid ahead of the health and well-being of the players. They've been so good about that so far with the bubble and everything else and the COVID testing. This, I don't know where this is coming out of left field. Uh, it's certainly not going to be a ratings bonanza. And you can still name an all-star team and players could get their bonuses. But this is a mistake. I, I I was trying to think during that
2: whole. I'm like, how could I counter-argue this? And I, I really can't. It's, you can't. Come it's, on. Uh, I mean, it's it's garbage and they need the break, especially for the teams that have played, you know, final four, final eight teams in the playoffs. I mean, they've been playing nonstop and just the, the mental fatigue that was, um, you know, the bubble. It, it just doesn't make any sense. And I get from the NBA perspective, they're just trying to get some more money and, reti- you know, retain the fans and gives you know, start to, to show that we're moving forward with, you know, COVID's kind of getting a little bit under control, but not really still. We're hoping it does. But I I, I think they're just optimistic about this. And, again, I I think um, Ernest hit it right on the head. They put the business in front of of everything else. And, yeah, they lost a bunch of money last year. They're going to lose a bunch of money this year. And they're trying to recoup that in one one day. And I just think it's it's, – it just doesn't it, – it creates a black eye for the for the uh, the ownership and the NBA as a whole. Not necessarily the players, but just the entity itself. I agree. It,
1: it's, a, yeah. it's, a great, it's a great marketing tool. It's, it's where a lot of the players' brand gets played out. But this just doesn't sound – I mean this is contrary to everything that Adam Silver has done in the past. I
2: mean the only All-Star game I watched recently was the last one where they said – Hey, we're going to, you know, it's the first 125 or something like whatever it was. And I thought that was kind of cool, but for the most of it, it's a complete joke. Like it's just a joke like uh, the the you know, how many there's no other new dunks that are coming out. I mean, the three-point shot is just kind of it is what I don't know, it's just it's it's definitely fatigue. I think any all-star game is kind of just like whatever, who cares. Next like As, as Bill, Palich- Bill Belichick would say, we're on to Cincinnati. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, one of the things I listened to this weekend as I was driving back from Georgia was this new podcast, well, not new, new to me, called 99% Invisible. And it does stories about how little things impact other things so you don't even realize it. And they talked about the first Toronto Raptors jersey. How they designed it, and NBA was all into during the 90s making things look big and brash and cartoonish to get the younger crowd involved. Think about Space Jam, things like that. And the Charlotte Hornets, as Ernest Wells knows, almost started it because they chose a teal instead of a major color, a primary color. And then the Toronto Raptors took it to a whole nother level. They put, uh, little raptor dinosaur on the front of their jersey playing basketball with basketball shoes on but the worst part was, or the best part is their Wade jerseys were all purple and it was the same time that Barney the Dinosaur was really Ugh. popular So, but what happened later on when Toronto made a run for it and they had the old fashioned jerseys people wanted the old jersey. so my next question for you guys we know jerseys are big business for every sports uh, league now, it's it's a big deal. What is your most treasured jersey? It doesn't matter what sport it is. Ernest, what is your most treasured jersey?
1: Oh, wow. I've got the, uh, the old Braves uh, that Hank Aaron wore with the, the, uh, with the uh, uh, feather on the shoulders. It's blue, royal blue with the white. And I have the helmet, which was the white helmet with the lowercase a. I actually have that Raptors jersey too. I have Damien Sotomayor with the Barney because it had these jagged stripes going yes, across.
0: It looked like a uh, Raptor scraped
1: through it. Raptor scraped it, yes. And and uh, I've got the Damien Sotomayor of that. I also have the version they had with uh, Vince Carter and everything. I
0: told you, Chris. He has tons of stuff in his attic. I mean, oh, no,
1: I don't stuff. even. Oh, it's just
2: it's it's going to be you're going to be on a TV show. You won't be because <laughs> oh, I've, you know. I've,
1: told this story my grandson comes in and says one day this will all be mine uh-huh. <laughs> so uh he appreciates it. he was wearing what was he wearing here's one of my patrick ewing jersey the other day that's pretty cool so, he was and he has no idea who patrick you No, is, but, chris you're coach most for the, beloved. coach for the Georgetown. you know I, I i've
2: never really been a huge um
1: no no no
2: uh, no no uh <laughs> But, you know, I had some, you know, with, like, printed stuff on the back as a kid, you know, stuff like that. But the only – they actually have one jersey, and uh, it is
1: – Can the, I get uh,
2: did, Yeah, you can guess. Elway. No. You, you so have you, an Elway? I you, thought they, you're forgetting. I thought you're forgetting where I came from. Yeah, I, I this is issued Elway
1: when you moved to Colorado.
2: Well, they do hand it off, like, you know, like Lays and uh, – um, Hawaii. Yeah, they just give you a jersey. It's kind of nice. Um, but no, mine is a uh, Detroit Tigers Verlander jersey. It's the only jersey I still own. And uh, yeah, I'm happy about it. There you go. It is what it is. Verlander. What about you, Paul?
0: My favorite jersey was a Cal Ripken black jersey. It was back in the 90s when black was in for a while. And it's a Cal Ripken it was more like a t-shirt than a journey, Jersey, but it has name and number on the back and it had the logo on the front. And I loved that thing. I wore it like crazy. And I about cried when I saw the first hole starting to rip underneath its arm. I'm like, no, no, no. So, I mean, jerseys are still sound like crazy. And, uh, the other, yesterday I was, or Saturday I was watching, um, a basketball game. And oh, it was Sunday, w- Wisconsin against Michigan. And, my son came in, who grew up in the 90s, and he looked at the Wisconsin jersey and said, that's really cool. And I looked at it and I thought, that is super old school classic. You know, So it seems like we've gone back to getting things old school. Would you guys be shocked if we went back to the wild jerseys?
1: No, no. But let me ask, do you remember when Michigan had the ones with the big yellow M and the lo- lower level Michigans? I think I was in the 70s. Yes. Uh-huh. Those
0: came back they,
1: recently, I feel like. Did they come that that brings back. Is there any jersey that you would like, Paul? <laughs> uh, we'll let you go first. Any jersey on earth, any that you can have.
0: Oh man, like. there's a ton. I would like one of the okay, jerseys. Pick two. Take All right, two. I'll pick two. I'd like two of them from the 1968 Tigers. Um, that was when I was six years old. Is when I really fell in love with baseball. Uh, I would like Jim Northrup, who came from Michigan, played left field, and I'd like Al Kaline, who played right field. I'd love to have their two jerseys, but. Man, they are t- a lot of money and some are really rare. But the thing about jerseys is, I have an old Michigan jersey that I bought a Nike one when they used to be with Nike before they were Adidas and then back to Nike. And I never wear. it. I don't wear it just to hang around the house. Yeah. I'd only wear it like I'd go to a game.
1: What what numbers on it? You gonna say twelve Brady?
2: No, it's eight.
1: Well, ten. Well, first of all, Brady was ten in, in Michigan. Yeah, I thought ten. That's right.
2: Who was eight? <laughs>
0: Nick Sheridan, any wide receiver? <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that Greasy. What was Greasy? Greasy was fourteen, right? Yeah, he was fourteen. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I'm Greasy,
2: surprised it wasn't one because that was like the number one. No, on the bargain two was
0: bar- bargain wreck. There's no ones or. <laughs>
1: that's well, right. <laughs> is it one like an honor? Is it one like uh, one is like nine in soccer?
0: Right. So, everybody like, wants that's number one. The
1: honor, right. Why doesn't? And I don't want to digress. We'll get back to Chris in just a second. But why doesn't Greasy get any love from Michigan? He I does. mean, he did a pretty good job. He, he got does. y'all half a championship, right? He comes back, hosts a,
0: a golf tournament every year. I mean, he gets and a he, lot of. He luck. got
1: y'all half a championship, right? The year the is winter. that like half a Big that,
0: Mac? It's good, but not great.
2: Well, it's yeah. like you know being half pregnant. You know, but, you know when
1: I hear people oh. talk about great. Michigan Wolverines. I never hear Gracie's name thrown up for some reason. I wouldn't say great, but you know. All mm-hmm. right, to Chris. Sorry, I digress. Chris, your your dream jersey. Uh, you know, I would probably do. LeBron. And you could pick two.
2: You could pick two. No, just one. LeBron James. Uh, Which team? <laughs> oh, Cavs. And it would be the it would be the the powder blue and like the with the orange and the white jersey. Not the not the like. Wine and gold, or whatever they call it now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like, would do
2: the old school. So, like, the, basically the 1990s calves, but with uh, LeBron's LeBron on it.
1: So, it's my turn. I get two also, like Paul. Uh, <laughs> one would be 66 Orioles, Brooks Robbins.
0: I knew that was coming.
1: Uh, that was going to come. The other would be uh, the uh, lime green and blue Atlanta Hawks, 1970. Pistol Pete Maravich, Oh. which yes. if, you've, if you've ever seen it is it's like a day-glow green. It's kind of like if you've seen the Dallas Stars alternate jersey, it's kind of a day-glow. So hunters should wear it during that, the
0: season. They keep them safe. Oh, it's so bright.
1: Listen, If you put it on your child, you'd never lose your child. Not in the media. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. kind of like those Marlowe orange ones they had about three years ago.
0: So my next question sort of revolves around uh, great quarterbacks, and you could talk about their jerseys here. But last week's podcast, we talked about who had a greater career. Which career would you rather have, Brady or LeBron's? And I got some reactions from some listeners, uh, namely my son. But, guys, I'm going to name four quarterbacks for you, college quarterbacks. Let me get finished before you guess or decide which one had the best career. And we're gonna go to Chris after I'm done. The four so, quarterbacks. So are, we're.
1: Greasy will not be one of them. No, going right? not so be one of them. This
2: is just. So this is quarter. Like we're basing their. This is the greatest college, college
0: quarterbacks. The college greatest, greatest quarterback, winning yeah. college quarterbacks. Ready? All right. Okay. Number one is Tim Tebow, two-time national championship, all-around good guy, kneeled a lot, had great success. Number two is Matt Leinart, <laughs> won two national championships. Um did pretty good off and on the field. It's not a commentator. Number three is Vince Young for Texas. Great player, uh, greatest comeback you've ever imagined against USC. And the last one, maybe only Ernest will recognize Tommy Frazier, three time national championship with Nebraska, was MVP for one of those, ninety-two to ninety-five. So, and I have a fifth one. I'm sorry, I almost forgot. Joe Montana. He won one national championship with the Irish and four Super Bowls with the 49ers. So, Chris. There's one
1: championship with Notre Dame, like two of any other regular school?
0: <laughs> yeah, it doubles like up.
1: national school? I just
0: threw okay. him so in. Everybody knows who Joe basing, Montana.
1: Obviously, like,
2: we're only basing this, if we're picking it from those five, we're only basing this on their college career, correct? Yes, correct. and they
0: had to win a national championship, so, like, Peyton Manning can't be in on this one
2: yes so I would pick again we're just basing it on college not professionals I would go with Tim Tebow ah
0: because
2: uh, both my brother and sister went to Florida and so I had like you know this <laughs> Florida you know I was a fan of fan of them and, I love your analytics uh, you know sometimes you gotta just throw analytics out the window just go with your gut or your heart
1: there you uh, go it, gator, gator it, it, chomp you know, if you're going as winner, boy, that really, really holds towards Tebow, even though I don't think. If you're talking about most influential in his team winning a championship, I got to go with Vince Young. Uh,
2: have you seen some of the influential motivational speak speaking uh, Tim Tebow has
1: done? Yeah, but do you see the college career of Norman Vincent Peale?
2: <sighs> just saying.
1: I'm just telling you that.
2: Now, Tim Tebow sport. may not be able to throw a football, but man, he can make you run through a he can make you th- he can make you run through a wall for him. Now,
1: no, nah, I'm talking about getting the team to win. I would think that the amount of talent that that team had, Florida, that you could have put the second string quarterback. Of course, <laughs> oh, he, wow. did, he did keep did. Did keep Cam Newton on the bench, so you got to look at it that way.
2: And and they, I, I think Leak was he was nothing. He was there for a little bit. Uh, Leak, Leak,
1: Leak won a championship. Now Leak, Leak we're, we're talking about hometown boy here. I called Leaks games on radio and television. Uh, he's from North Carolina, so Chris Leak won a championship at Florida.
2: You know, let's add him seven. I
1: think he's won a championship. Let's let <laughs> <let's laughs> include him in this thing. Well, no, I mean he just he went the. Canadian football, he was just too short. I, I, Vince Young just made that Texas team so much better. Now, I, I'm, I like SC, but let's face it, Leonard had, he had Reggie Bush, and he had some pretty good receivers, and, and, and uh, uh, Lindell White at fullback, and that was talent-wise, that USC team had the most talent of all these teams. But I, I've got to go with Vince Young. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'll go with Vince. Paul, what's your call?
0: Yeah, out of those four, great, right? I think the person who impressed me the most in one single game was Vince Young. I mean, that national championship Rose Bowl win was unbelievable. Just the, the way he could dominate a game with his legs and just scrambling, he really showed you what quarterbacking was going to happen. Now, Tim Tebow, though, I think he did more with his talent than – Matt Leinert ever tried to. I think Matt Leinert was sort of a beach bum, I think, in a way, and just who's in a good system. Uh, and Tommy Frazier, it was a different era back then. He didn't have to throw the ball very much. So I think if you look at just football and life, Tim Tebow has got to be the top of those four. I mean, if you look at everything. But the Joe Montana, come on, you know, super Joe cool, uh, always looked like he wasn't going to be anything. But Amazing. So I get the next question for you guys.
1: Oh, so, well, here's the amazing thing. Here's, the, I'll throw you off. Of those guys, Tebow was a number one draft pick. Young was a number one draft pick. I mean, number one round draft pick. Leinert was a number one round draft pick. Uh, Tommy Frazier went Canadian football. Joe Montana was a third round draft pick. Yeah. Amazing. So much for scouting. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Paul, the to catch off there. Go ahead.
0: All right. So these are more quick hitters because last week we were comparing uh, Brady with LeBron. So I want to throw in Gretzky in this mix. I want to throw in Jordan in this mix. I want to throw in Bill Russell and Babe Ruth. Because if you look at all the sports and start to line it up, and who's the greatest winner, not the greatest athlete, but who's the greatest winner, Ernest, would you say that Gretzky is a bigger winner than LeBron?
1: Wow, and he did it with two different teams.
0: He uh, won four Stanley Cups. That's not as many as LeBron has won. But he led the league in points 10 years, and he was always an and, all-star.
1: And he opened up the sport to the West and the South. And
0: because, he played as an undersized like teenager when he came in the league. Everybody wanted a piece of him.
1: The trade to L.A., really opened up a regional sport and made it nationwide. Well, actually for two different countries, Bill Russell actually had a period of time when there was a competing league. So a large amount of talent wasn't part of what he was competing against. Uh, You know, Russell's just a winner to me. If you're talking about greatest winner of all time, I still got to go with Bill Russell. Gretzky second.
0: Bill Russell won two national championships with San Francisco you can play San Francisco as a basketball team. Yes, they do. And they, he won 11 NBA championships
1: and an Olympic medal.
2: Nice. I feel like all of them have won Olympics, the Olympic medals at this point.
1: Yeah. But at that time it was, um, all amateurs. Uh, LeBron competed when pros were in there. Same with Michael. Michael Jordan won two, one as an amateur and one as a pro. Now, the amateur was the Los Angeles Olympics, which Russia did not participate. A lot of the Eastern Bloc countries did not participate, so you can, some you there. There's an argument for a little bit of a taint on that Olympic, but the '92 uh, 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 in Barcelona that was against everybody,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Pros included. So, do yeah, you think I, that I,
0: Gretzky has a greater career than LeBron or Jordan? Wow, wow, wow. now I'm hitting him where it hurts, folks. He loves his Jordan.
1: Yeah, and again, you know, we're really comparing apples to to oranges because hockey players spend, number-wise, less time than a basketball player does on the field. A quarterback spends, at best, a little more than half the time on the field. So his influence is kind of only half of the, the game. Basketball player influences the entire game. Hockey player plays in shifts. So I got to go back to basketball. Don't come back with Bill Russell. Sorry. All right.
0: That's fine. Chris, Chris, what do you think?
1: You know,
2: I'm not as educated about Bill Russell. So I'm going to steal some commentary from my friend Dan Patrick. Bill Russell, while a great champion, is not a superstar he's a great winner but not a great superstar jordan lebron superstars lebron or what what jordan did is he took he just kept his team intact for the most part for six seven years and he did that by you know taking his salary lower and and similar to what brady did lebron has done it now with three different teams and he's had to rebuild them. You could argue that he's going to how many championships in a row. Some of the, the teams that he took to the championships were probably the worst teams ever to, to see the you know, uh, finals in Cleveland. Um, I think if, if he would have just stuck with one team, I think he'd probably have six, seven championships by now. Uh, but I think he's got four, and so but he's done it with three different teams. I think LeBron is the best uh, player champion of all time. Can I give my counterpoint? Uh we we appreciate your effort
1: but we're unfortunately we're running low on time. No, 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 <laughs> here we go. Bill Russell won 3 championships as a player coach. Bill Russell averaged average for his career 22 rebounds a game and averaged four assists a game. I I but I also he was not a superstar. just but
2: but here's the thing. I I think you just like the NFL, you have to have eras, right? These, these, these leagues are played in eras. So what he did, I think he was an anomaly back then, right? You know, would he, he revolutionized would he, the game? He changed. Totally. Totally. And like Steph Curry revolutionized the game now. So now you've got more deep shoot. I mean, something that would have never been done back then. Cause there wasn't a three point line. So it almost seemed foolish, but I, I don't, don't take anything away from him, but he, he revolutionized the game, but he you know, I just I think LeBron and Michael are on just a kind of better player. Like,
1: yeah uh, better players, but if we're talking about a winner, there is no greater winner in professional sports than Bill Russell. I mean, you could
2: argue some of these role players then, you know, like Corey, how many, he's got like, I think eight or nine or 10 championships because he did a bunch with Los Angeles. He did a bunch with, Horry like,
1: wasn't on the court all the time. Bill Russell never just saying, I'm just, saying, I'm just Russell, saying player coach three championships. So you don't
2: think, you don't think LeBron's a player coach. I mean, his title is not. But yeah, he's he more of a player
1: coaching. GM. I think he's more of a
2: player GM. Well, and and I think Brady's a somewhat of a player coach, and I think you know. So Maybe the last. Champion. I just think I think the I just think that 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 on no one field. ever be a player coach again. But I think these players are somewhat coaches.
1: Brady's only on the field at best sixty percent of the time. Defensively, when the defense has to stop the other team from outscoring him. He's on the sidelines. I know
2: that's why I'm not saying like you can't. He can't play two ways. That's why it's got to be a basketball player or a hockey player. And the hockey player doesn't play as many minutes, you would say, or influential minutes. Uh, So it's got to be a basketball player because of how much they play. Yeah, don't. It's
1: it's got to be a basketball player. If Jordan Lebron came back and were player coaches, then that might tip it, but. Uh, those those Celtics teams and, and I'm gonna play the old man card. I saw those teams. Yeah, I, like
2: I, uh, how did I start <laughs> I this? I don't kids. have. I'm not super knowledgeable, yeah. and I have to defer to the commentary I've heard from my friend Dan Patrick,
0: your friend Who, that what? you just looked up on the internet.
1: Who's younger? Dan Patrick today. didn't see him play either. But go ahead. Dan Patrick.
0: <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna shift oh, a little bit. You
1: You're your, your ten cents here.
0: My 10 cents is I'm going to agree with Ernest. Basketball players, you only have five on the court. They play most of the game. They have the biggest influence for good or for bad. And for them to do it over a long stretch of time, their body's not wearing down or getting injured – is amazing to me. And the game is faster than it ever is. I think that's the one knock on Bill Russell. The game was not as fast back when he played it. Now it's incredibly fast. And that's what makes me feel like LeBron has a real good claim. Yes, you can complain about his time management, game management, all that stuff. He is amazing, all that he's done. I think you're going to look back and think, Wow, that was crazy! That somebody could play that many minutes, that many years, not even go to college and dominate like he did. He had growing pains. We all didn't like it when he said he's taking his talents, but he's still growing up. He's still, you know, figuring things out. So I think if you look at it all, who has been the greatest winner, considering where he came from and all the things he did and how much it was on his shoulders? It's hard to argue against LeBron, number one. I think Jordan, number second. Brady, I think. It's easy to criticize Brady. Even a week after the Super Bowl, people are taking pot shots at him. I heard on the sports radio, uh, if you put another quarterback in there, they would have done just as well. No, they wouldn't have. He knew what he was doing from, from the get-go. So I'm going to put it that way. Basketball just requires that much more of intensity, and uh, you can't hide anything on a basketball court. You know, It's just the way it is. Is that a good summary? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I liked it. I know you would like it, Chris. All right, here's our last question. Um, Right now, uh, Blake Griffin of the Detroit Pistons, at least at this hour, has stopped playing because he's asked to be traded, which is the common thing these days. And the Pistons are pretty glad to get rid of him, actually. He's decreased in talent, and he wants to get to a winner. He doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. And he sees the writing on the wall that, you know what, I have all the money I really need, but I want to get a ring. And so... I'm not saying you have to pick them, but right now, if you had to pick three players to be on your team, if you said, oh, we're going to start a new team in, um, let's pick uh, Seattle. We pick Seattle. And you could pick any three teams except for LeBron or uh, Hardaway or, Dur- or Durant. Besides those three players, which three would you pick, Ernest?
1: Wow, well, no, if you're going to go young... And the potential. I like Wiseman with Golden State. I like Lamelo. I fell in love with Lamelo Ball of the Hornets. Uh, and I like uh, the little the I like uh, the young man over in in Phoenix, the uh, little shooting guard whose name escapes my name right now. Uh, Booker. Yeah, Booker. Devin Booker. So you wouldn't yeah, pick I, Curry, at all? was too old. Curry's old. By the time you get a new franchise, he's going to be in his 30s. He's had ankle problems. No. Not the freak either in the box? No. uh, Again, I want to go young, young as possible. You're starting a new franchise. So you know, unlike what the Golden Knights did in hockey, you're not going to be able to win the first year. So you're going to take your lumps a couple years. I want somebody that's going to be reaching the prime by your third year. Someone you can lock up in long term and, uh, you know, get the most usage before 30. Yep. Y'all have heard me before. I'm not big on signing people at 30 or over 30. I mean, the you know, outside of Tom Brady, statistically, the performance line goes down very quickly.
0: All right, Chris, I gave you some I, time. Way,
1: let's go ahead. There's Andre Drummond is another. Cavaliers are trying to push. <laughs> he has. Double double, 20 points and 10 rebounds a game.
0: Yeah, we had him at Detroit. We were glad to see him go. He was <laughs> yeah, have pretty fun. slow.
1: But there seems to be a theme there people leaving Detroit. <laughs> yeah, Stafford, Stafford, and, 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 uh, you know, Blake Griffin wants to go to his next career. He is an accomplished stand up comedian, he is very good. He has performed at the Montreal comedy uh, events.
0: Does he talk when right, he dated one of the Kardashians?
1: No, he's actually very. If you get a chance, go to YouTube. He is very good. Sorry, Chris. I popped all over. It's all right. No, it's all right. So
2: I'd pick with Kawhi. Was he allowed to be picked?
0: Yes, but is he getting too old for you?
2: Nope, he's twenty nine. He's fine by me.
0: You've
2: got uh, that's, games. That's <laughs> right. I got I got Luca and the Joker.
0: Ooh, international feel.
2: Yeah, I like it. You like it, Luca. Luca's. I think he's going to be the next big superstar. And the Joker is just—he's a point guard in a center's body. Mm. You know,
1: a year ago he set a record for the quickest triple double. He did it uh, in—he did it in the first minute of the second period last year. One year. Wow.
0: So he can do it all, is what you're saying?
1: Yes. Yeah, I like I like that a lot up against the Lakers. But go ahead. No,
0: all right. We're down to our last couple good minutes. So, Ernest, what's your last couple good minutes on sports tonight?
1: Well, I could take my time and talk about the the end of the career at Houston for JJ Watt, who probably is going to go to the Steelers, and we'll have the three Watt brothers play together. But let's go to a, you know something that you've heard me constantly talk about over and over again, and that's train wrecks, and we're starting to see it again. Urban Meyer and his hiring of the former strength coach at Iowa, Doyle, who uh, has been a racist for a long time, finally was outed by some of the Iowa players. Luckily, he had the common sense to resign. But that shows how clueless Urban Meyer and how unprepared he is to be an NFL coach. And this is a train wreck that I will enjoy watching for the next couple of years. Because, again, we like that. We all slow down to see the car <laughs> Bad part of the nature. But again, uh, talk about players leaving is, you know, J.J. Watt's going to be able to play with his his two brothers. And he's at 31. Uh, They probably would have cut him because it was a $28 million cap hit. But that's another train wreck in what's going on with the Houston Texans, a team that uh, was ahead of Kansas City in the second round of the playoffs a year ago and probably will not kiss the playoffs for quite a long time right now. Chris! Your moment of fame, await. <laughs> you know the one year, um,
2: the one thing, one sporting event that truly brings my wife and I together every year got taken away from us last year, uh, which was March Madness. And uh, so, as teams are kind of battling or jockeying right now, trying to trying to you know put their last stamp of you know I deserve to be there um i am super excited for march madness i'm excited to see how they they make it work it's all going to be in indiana in the indianapolis area um i'm super that's just the, it was like the first thing that first big event that kind of went away with COVID, and i'm super excited to have it back and so hopefully it'll work out but uh w- my wife and i always take at least one of those days off the first thursday or friday and and just watch it and just have a ball so i'm, I'm excited to have it back
1: What percent do you think it'll be played? I think it's less than 50-50.
2: Oh, I think it's probably...
1: Today, uh, Juwan Johnson, who's considered the fifth highest NBA prospect, Duke's highest recruit, has withdrawn from the season. He will not be the first. We're going to start seeing NBA players do like NFL players and withdraw from... They're, uh, that's
2: perfect. It gets Michigan a not better opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: just just think this is the beginning. This is the first What He's the first. I think we're going to see other guys who consider themselves to be lottery picks. If they're not in the top four, if they're not with Michigan or Ohio state or Baylor or Gonzaga, I think they're going to withdraw and prepare themselves to be drafted in the NBA. I think you'll see half of Kentucky's team leave that team before Well, you, that's
2: I mean that's that's every year though for Kentucky. So that's not a big surprise. Uh,
1: but we've never seen players we've seen in the NFL before bowl games all the yeah. time. Yeah. I think you're going to start to see the same. I
2: don't see I don't think so cuz I just I,
1: I don't see I see
2: maybe players taking some insurance policies out, but I just don't see them not playing in the in the tournament because
1: Why? Why oh. risk your health or your you know they get crazy. I think it's going
2: I think it's going to get it. I think it, it'll look negative, and I think it's it's your time to shine. I mean, Curry made it i mean, he he became a superstar in, in that tournament and ultimately, you know, got him, you know, drafted high. I mean, I think there was other things behind that, but he he
1: put on a show, and With Chris I' don't has, know affected NFL players in their draft. guys have stepped out of the bowls, but I think I mean, there's the NFL is so much more violent
2: than basketball. There's so much a higher risk of injury than. Than a you know a basketball remember, game.
1: Remember Chris Smith for Louisville who shattered his leg. I'm not saying well, you
2: can't happen. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying the probability is a lot higher in football than in basketball. Well, so I just well, I don't see it happening. The mass Exodus that is because the bowl games are a complete joke at you know at this point. But I, I don't see the same uh, trend well, in, why, why in the risk basketball. Your
1: health in a COVID situation. If if you think you're going to be playing in the NBA, so,
2: but if you're, but if you're, so you're saying if you're not a top four team in the in the whole, you know, what if you're a top nine, ten team? Do you, do you, wh- where's the, where's the line, Ernest?
1: I, I think there'll be guys who, I seriously believe there'll be guys who will leave early from NCAA tournament competing teams if there is a tournament because do you think this is a one year So do you see this just as a one year? I think you're going to see a larger number because of the influence of COVID this year. Yeah. But I do think we might be seeing something that will continue in the future. These guys aren't getting, they don't get money for getting a championship. They get a ring. That's it. I mean, they're going to look at the economics of this. They go in for one year because they can't go into the NBA. That's the only reason they're playing college basketball. They have no loyalty to the school whatsoever. Their loyalty is getting seen and being drafted, and they can do that in the regular season.
2: I think it, it puts them on a different pedestal in the in the uh, tournament. In, NBA, Whereas playing for the Meineke, Meineke Bowl. You're not, you're, no one's. I mean, it's just it doesn't have the eyes that the tournament does.
1: Scouts have their opinions in the NBA already made before you get in the tournament. Scouts know who the players are ahead of time. We, I, the public <laughs> does the public? I mean. People knew about Curry in the NBA before Davidson got in the tournament. They but I think
2: it solidified, and I think he, his draft went up a little bit.
1: Well, actually, he, got, he was the second pick of the Warriors. He was bypassed by quite a few teams. He didn't get picked until ninth.
2: Well, that's my point. Is I think he was probably a second-round pick. Going into the draft, and he, I think he put himself into a first round pick. But he's the anomaly, right? Or he, he's, he's the people that should be playing because he doesn't see himself as a, a lottery pick. So you're just saying lottery picks are not going to be there.
1: Can you remember who were the first three picks picked in the lottery this year? No, I well, read. this,
2: I, I mean, this, None is, a of ground- the- this it- is a groundhog year. Yeah. Who knows?
1: I mean, the- I know, I know. The- LaMelo played in Australia, Wiseman played three games for Memphis. Um, the kid from Georgia didn't even make the the top four in the SEC. I think the tournament is overrated in exposure. Scouts know who the players are already. And I think you're going to see players start to realize that i got to get ready for my bucks. I'm not going to risk being in a tournament. I think this year even more with the COVID situation, but I think in the future you're going to see more and more guys go, uh, I've played my one year. I'm going to – it didn't hurt Wiseman. Wiseman was the number two pick and he played eight games last year. He
0: mm. opted. Out. I think let him go because as Chris said, it gives our Wolverines a better chance of winning, right, Chris? That's right. All right. So I'll That's wrap it right. up here, folks. So um my last take is this. So often we make first impressions or we we see somebody, we hear somebody, and we take come away saying they're this or that. And often coaches uh, interview like crazy and they don't get a job because people can't see past the first impression. And I remember my dad always saying, you know, make sure you have a firm handshake, look him straight in the eye, stand up, you know, all those things. It does matter, but it shouldn't be the whole story. Um, Jawan Howard came to Michigan to be the basketball coach after John Beeline went to the Cavaliers to pursue that dream. And some people said he's never had head coach experience. Um, he doesn't talk really as well as John Beeline talks? Does he have the uh, ability to really coach? And we're seeing now he does in every way. Consider how hard it is to be a college basketball coach right now of a major team. You have the AAU guys trying to sell you that their players need more time so they can get a better uh, standing with the NBA scouts like Ernest is talking. Then they have to manage COVID right now and all the Dilemmas. And then they have to manage players' egos and get the most out of them. And Jawan Howard isn't the fastest talker. He doesn't look like he's thinking about everything at the same time, but he's proven he's an excellent coach so far. Yes, he has some great assistant coaches, but by evidence of yesterday's game where they hadn't played in three weeks, they should have probably lost to Wisconsin. They were down by almost uh, 16 points at half and they came back and won by nine. And Howard said afterwards, "That was one of the most satisfying wins." Here's a guy I think people have overlooked, or didn't—he didn't make the great first impression like they thought. They stereotyped him. And I think we need to give people a, a more of a second chance and see what they can do. So, that's my rant for today. And I appreciate you listening to "Pardon the Confusion." We're on SportsCountry.net if you want to look us up. We are on that radio program, that sports network, and we're also on Amazon and iTunes and Stitcher and whole bunch of podcast feeds so tell somebody else about us if you have a question or concern or if you want to complain about Ernest or Chris or even me email me at gobluearnold at gmail.com so for Ernest and Chris this is Paul Arnold saying good night